Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. Yeah, as the senior leader of this house, I feel uh, that there have been some other teams that have gotten into this infiltrated New Hope, and I just want to bring us back in alignment with what the Lord would say in this season. Uh, I, seriously, my friend Perry came in wearing a Red Sox hat last weekend. I was deeply offended. So we have another Kansas City Royals fan that just emerged you know, in the way in the back there. Uh, I, I'm just very concerned. <laughs> Craig, go sit down. <laughs> I'm very concerned. I feel like my job is to keep us on track. So that's some very, very deep concern. <laughs> See, yeah, I don't know what you guys were even talking about. Right there. Um, so my heart today really is just to kind of hit on a few different things. But before I get into it, I want to give away a couple books. So if anyone has not read this book, this is by Chris Dupre. It's called The Wild Love of God. Yeah, it's a great book. Chris Dupre, right here. Jessa, are you serious? You haven't actually read it? Okay, well, you can have one. And uh, let's see. You know what? I'm going to give away a third because, Mark, you're going to get one. And then I see one back there. And I actually have another one. So, John Dre, CJ, and I didn't see any other hands, but if anyone else had one. Tommy, were you raising your hand? All right, see me after. I do have a few others. I didn't know if anyone wanted it, so I'm glad you all want it. I'll get you more. We have some more downstairs, so... If anyone doesn't know, Chris Dupre is kind of like a spiritual father, mentor, friend of this house, a real good friend of this house. Uh, He comes in a couple times a year. He's got this amazing message on the love of God. Uh, It's a great story. It's his personal experience. Um, I read it on an airplane once on a business trip in like two hours. It was fantastic. I mean, just really, really good. It'll touch you. Uh, So that's that. Um, you know, I was thinking this week, too, uh, my, my daughter Alexa is in New York City with Sue Rosser visiting uh, Lydia Rosser, her friend, and uh, I miss her when she's gone. She's been gone for five days, so I'll be glad to see her when she's back on Monday, um, and I think of that the same way of, for all of you. Like, each Sunday, like, I love our summer, but I do look forward to seeing you the next Sunday, you know, so I'm glad that we're all here, you know. I just wanted to say that for whatever that's worth. My, my sappy side showing for a moment. <laughs> so, but I, I really mean that. This is really family. And, uh, you know, we all have our individual families, but when we all come together, uh, it really is special. And uh, I look forward to it uh, in the same way that I will be glad. Oh, thank you. I got to, we love you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that was that. Uh, I got to say, too, just to call out a couple people, it was so great. I was up here yesterday preparing this message. Uh, and you know, you know, come up on a Saturday and you think it'd be real quiet, but there is so much activity going on up here. Um, for those of you who don't know, and these aren't the projects that get a lot of honorable mention or really we're always thrilled to talk about, right, Howard? Wherever Howard is. Uh, but Howard and Dan have been working on this electrical issue from the building out to the signs, out to the flagpoles. I mean, they've been digging up ground, laying new conduit. I mean, all types of stuff. Howard could give you a lot of detail on it. I can't. Um, but they were up here working on it. We have renovations going on downstairs in the hallways. 
you know, Dan was here putting up drywall. There's going to be a lot of painting going on down in the children's wing and a fresh look going into the fall. So just, I just want to give a hand to all of the handy men in our church and women. We're thankful for you, you know. Uh, I'm good with numbers, but I'm not great with tools. So um, you wouldn't want me down there doing drywall, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. And for all the people that are here helping and serving during the week and, um, you know, just in any capacity, there's so much that goes on that, you know, to keep a building and a facility like this going that you would never think about that happens all the time. So, um, so just a few things before we kind of get into it. I just want to, for those who are new, just kind of give a little bit of a recap and then I'm going to hit our main point. Um, but, you know, if you're new to New Hope and you're coming in and you're like, wow, this is... You know, an interesting group of people. Well, we believe that God, encountering God's love changes everything, right? I mean, do we believe that or what? That we, encountering God changes everything. I can think of encounters I've had in my own life that I have been changed from, and nobody can talk you out of that. You know, not a lot of people come through a dramatic encounter to God through a theological argument, you know, or reading a book on theological points. Now, I love them, and that has their place, um, but we really, we are after encountering him and experiencing God. Um, so that's kind of what we're about when you come in here. That's why we worship. That's why we spend time in worship. Um, how many have had like transformational experiences during times of worship that you can remember? That's a lot of hands. Uh, and that could be something that broke off of you, that, you know, a spiritual thing in the middle of worship that God just did away with. That could be he revealed the depths of his love to you in a new way. I mean, these are all those things that God does in us when his spirit is moving and we're enjoying his presence. Um, but that's kind of, that's really what we're after. Um, and then the way that we get there are co- like kind of our core values, how we get there together. And, you know, these are the central and guiding values that we all believe in and that we fight to protect. So some of these, one of our core values here is freedom. We believe that um, freedom uh, is something that Christ died for and wanted to give us. And we want to steward that well, being free. So even free from religious traditions and things that um, aren't helpful to bring into your walk. Uh, Freedom from sin, freedom from oppression, fighting to see others get free. Um, another one is biblical, that we feel that yeah, everything we do has to be moored and tied to the Bible. It's central, it's authoritative, um, that what we do has to line up with the Word of God, and that it's even a more sure word of prophecy. So the Bible is central. Everyone, ag- I hope we're in agreement with that one, right? Nobody's going to disagree with that. Okay, that's really good. Um, another one is knowing your identity, knowing your identity in him. And I remember something that Karen Welton shared on this last year that really stuck with me was that we need to know how the Father feels about us, right? Uh, I thought that was such a good point. Um, you know, knowing our identity, knowing that we're sons and daughters is like our foundation of who we are in the kingdom. Uh, you know, that's absolutely crucial to knowing that. But she shared this whole thing on, you know, we got to know how the Father feels about us. You know, there's some people I know you raise with a father who is like a dictator or you know, a military commander, and you start to think that God is like that, and God's a drill sergeant, you know, and that that's how God thinks about you, and, it, and it's not. You know, or others I've known that God, you know, you, maybe their father was more like an absentee parent 
or they just weren't around when you're growing up, and you you know, grow up thinking that God is like that, and where are you, and you don't, you're not here for me. But neither of those is true. It's like we need to know how God feels about us. And that, a lot of that comes through reading his word and through experiencing him and you know, just getting showered with his love. Uh, that book by Chris Dupre that I just handed out is a great book to actually kind of bring you in that direction of knowing the Father's heart. Um, but another core value is uh, generational. You know, we believe in thinking generationally and having long-term good kingdom thinking um, in that we want to see, you know, generational interchange here. God can use the old and God can use the young. Um, and we think that's important. It's, you know, not like a segregated kingdom, but we're all together. We're all a family. We all need each other. Um, another core value here is empowering, that we believe in seeing people empowered and launched into whatever they're called to do. So empowering, you know, has interesting connotations, but I think in the kingdom, God sees us as powerful, effective people, as righteousness, as clean before him. Um, and it's not just about the person on the stage and then everyone else is small. But no, we're all a group of powerful people and leaders. So that's our heart is to see people living that out. Uh, another core value is kingdom-minded, being kingdom-minded. You know, I always thought this was so interesting, but last year I had coffee with a longtime friend who I've known for decades, and uh, he's really wonderful. But he, someone, this person made a comment to me and said, I don't really get it with the kingdom talk. You know, it was like, it might be for your guy's message, but, you know, I don't really see that is, you know, I, I don't get that. And it was like, okay. I actually went back from that and said, I'm going to find this out for myself. You make sure, you know. So I went through, and if you count, there's like over 150 mentions of kingdom just in like the f- first four books of the Bible. I mean, that is the theme of the New Testament, is the kingdom of God coming to earth. And we're part of that advancement of that in our everyday life. Um, you know, it, I don't even know how to respond to that question anymore. People don't see the significance of that. Um, we see it in Isaiah that, you know, God was, you, you know, he was going to be born. He was going to be launching this kingdom, was going to be, uh, you know, on, carrying on his shoulders. Uh, it started, it's growing, we're part of it, and I think that's awesome. So everything we do, we want to have a mind for the kingdom, you know, and everything we do, all of life, he's in every minute of our life, and it's all for kingdom advancement. I think that's like the greatest thing ever. Uh, and then another one, final core value, is supernatural. Um, I don't know how you can read the Bible and see the works that Christ did and then not have a propensity to do them. Um, that seems really bizarre uh, you know, to read those and then just kind of brush them under the rug and say, well, that was for then. Um, but you know, we believe that going after those things, that hearing God's voice, that prophesying over one another, that seeing people healed is part of Christianity part of basic Christianity. Um, he did say that the greater works than these you would do. So we, we do want to go after those. So all of that stuff is mixed in our culture and in our thinking, and we make decisions based off of those things. If something, if something comes to us and they want, hey, let's go do this great new thing, and it doesn't line up with those core values, we're probably not going to do it. So that's how important those are. So that's just a little bit of background before we go into this point. Um, so we have those things. We, we know what we're about. We know what our core values are. Um, and then, you know, we have some of these messages in us 
uh, that God has done over the years, or sometimes they're corporate messages that we've all had, like Christ in you has been a message of this house for a long time. Um, we all have personal things that God spoke. He used this scripture, and you know it's been a part of me ever since. Anyone have like a favorite scripture or something that is super meaningful to you and you draw on all the time? And that might be through 30, 40 years of your walk with God, 50 years of your walk with God. And I think that's like so great. That just shows how God, we're all just so different, and God uses things to help us stay anchored in the faith. Um, there's one of, one of these messages I want to share this morning, and I have talked about this before, but I felt from the Lord that, you know, this was a time to release this again. And sometimes we need to go back to some of these messages and learn them. But, you know, they got to be part of who we are. They got to, you know, just, we got to carry these words in us. Uh, but this one I want to talk about today is called is Walking in the Light. I've talked about it in the past, but I'm going to share about it today. I just feel like the Lord just put it on me recently in my own life to make sure that things are out and they're out in the light. And I want to share that with you. And I, my hope is that that is something that we all kind of wrap into our culture as a people here. But walking in the light is crucial to staying on the path of life. Walking in the light is allowing everything in our lives to come under his lordship. Very simply, walking in the light is allowing everything in our lives to come under his lordship. I love the song, still, I say this all the time, Lord, I give you my heart. I just do. It's just a song that's always resonated with me for 20 years. And yes, he gave us a new heart. Yes, I get that. But you know what? It's really wonderful to after 20, 30 years of knowing the Lord that we can still give to the Lord. Lord, I give you my thoughts. I give you my dreams. I want to make sure that everything in me is in alignment with you and your purposes for my life. So I have no problem singing that. And Lord, I live for you alone. Sometimes we need to say that again. Kind of like your spouse. It's great that you said it when you got married, but it's nice to hear those things along the way. You know, it might have been true then, but it's nice to let them know every once in a while, right? Spouses, can I get it right, Joy? I mean, you probably agree with that. Yeah, I thought so. (laughs) Most likely, I'm just going to go out on a limb. Um, so, So walking in the light is allowing everything in our lives to come under his lordship. So I want to just lay a little bit of biblical foundation for that and then make it very, very practical. Um, Psalm 56.13 says, For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I might walk before God in the light of life. You know, here is David really prophesying what was going to happen. You know, going through this, but also a wonderful prophecy of what Christ was going to do. You've delivered us from death and my feet from stumbling, so that I can walk before you in the light of life. I don't know that he totally envisioned what that was going to look at, you know, or look like uh, just maybe a thousand years after. But, but also, Psalm 89, 15, Blessed are those who have learned to praise you who walk in the light of your presence. Blessed are those who learn to praise you who walk in the light of your presence. In John eight twelve, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We're promised this thing. When we come to know Christ, we have his light in us. We carry that now. We're carriers of that in this world. 
Ephesians 5.8, this is a great one. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the, in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now, when I read things, if I hear something like that, walk as children of light, I automatically think there's an option not to. So if they're saying to walk in this way, there's probably an option that you don't have to, or they wouldn't be saying it. So you can be children of light. We're called as children of light, but we do have a choice as to how we're going to walk and how we're going to walk before him. So walk as children of light. And then it goes on to say, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to talk about this more actually in the coming months as we go into the fall because I think that this is something that, you know, even for us as a people and for believers nowadays, there should be a vibrancy and there should be a light that is so evident in you. Um, and that is going to be the light that shines in darkness. And we carry that. Um, this whole thing of the you know, Christian life being this brutal, you know, beaten down person, it, like, it doesn't have to be like that. We're all going to go through trials and challenges. We all have struggles and battles to overcome. But there's a vibrancy to life even in the midst of that stuff. And we see that even in Paul's life. We're going to talk about that more as we go into the fall. Uh, but for now, I want to go to 1 John 1. And we're going to kind of stay here a little bit. So this is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's such a great scripture. I remember growing up with that. It was a DC talk. I want to be in light as you are in the light. I want to shine. I mean, I was like a young kid, but I still remember that. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. True intimacy with God and each other only happens when we walk in the light, okay? It's not just so that we stay free from sin, although that's huge, uh, but also true intimacy with each other, with God and man, is the result of walking in the light. God forgives us of sin. You know, we have fellowship with one another as we walk in the light. So when we walk in the light, marriages deepen, friendships deepen. You know, um, try to be married and then have a separate life to you. It doesn't work really well because you're one. You know, if you're not, if your one is walking in darkness, one's walking in the light. The one walking in the light feels it because you're one. You're one in the spirit. You're joined together. Um, and uh, you know, I think it's funny. You know, we we live in a society where everybody wants to show everybody that they have a really great life. I mean, it's just the reality. It's like, just look on social media or on Facebook. It's always the pictures of like the high-level times. You know, it's not any, you know, you don't post pictures of I'm going through a really hard day today and I'm really feeling defeated. And, you know, you know some people do that and that might be a psychological problem. I don't know, but, uh, but typically you don't see that, you know. I was uh, just doing my first graduation for Churchville Chile and I was up on stage and the kids were, valedictorian was doing their speech, the salutatorian, and it was an, she gave the salutatorian gave an just amazing speech. It was about living in the moment and you know, enjoying life. But 
Um, you know, and she did this thing where she was literally at the podium, given that there were a few thousand people out there, and she does, like, right here, she's like, smile, and she took a selfie, which I thought was an awesome idea, but it was, like, right in front of, like, 3,000 people. She's going to have that picture her whole life, but it was actually fit into her, her um, speech that she gave, so it wasn't abrupt, but, uh, but that's kind of, it was awesome, actually, but that, that's kind of our society is this whole thing, you would think that nobody struggles with anything. And I think that's like kind of unfortunate because you don't really see the real people behind these pictures. I've been amazed at sometimes people I see that post things or whatever, you think they have an amazing life and then you hear of some major trauma they're going through and you're like, boy, that seems so incongruent with what I've seen. You know, you, you'd have no idea. Um, but we all struggle with things in life and we have weaknesses, I mean, we have weaknesses. I think it's okay to say that. We have battles that we fight. We have struggle with sin. Like, that's just the reality, and that's just life that we're fighting. Uh, We don't have to focus on those things and make them our God, but they're there, right? I mean, maybe I'm the only one, but I'm pretty sure we all have struggles, right? Yeah, okay. Um, the perfect life syndrome that we struggle with actually can prevent us from being honest with ourselves and with God, I think. So we don't need to keep up facades. But here's the reality. Walking in the light doesn't allow darkness a foothold or a place of residence in your life, right? Walking in the light doesn't allow for us to lead a double life. And walking in the light means living an honest and authentic life before God and others. When we walk in the light, it's an authentic and it's a very honest way in which we live our life before God and others. It's living out that Christ is in us. You know, we walk in the light by abiding in Christ. So, so when I think of all that stuff, and, you know, honestly, I'm not sharing this today because I you know, see all these problems, I just feel like it's a good reminder for us um, in that we never mature past the point of not having to worry about this. Um, the minute you do, you know, you, you step out of that humility and you, you open yourselves up to things. So I just think it's very good for us to uh, be able to, you know, kind of remember this. But that our lives should be open and we're to go through life with open hearts, not closed hearts. Uh, sharing what was freely given to us. Um, You know, I've had a choice over the last few years of walking through some things where I could have closed my heart, Um, but it was a very difficult decision. I said, yeah, I'm going to keep it open, and it's really hard, especially with certain individuals or if you walk through challenges with people. Um, But the easy road is to hold back and to, you know, kind of retreat and don't fool yourself. That is darkness. That is keeping things hidden. And it's, it's, um, you know, it's closing your heart off to other people. And that's not healthy. And that is darkness. And that is like bitterness linked. You know? So we just have to be really careful. So don't allow any hidden areas in your life to block true intimacy with God and with other people. You know? Um, and I'll tell you, I think the body of Christ is great for that because, I mean, you just spend some time with people. And, I mean, there's no organization on the planet that you get to know people like you do in the body of Christ, for good or for bad. 
Um, I mean, you could join up, and you know, I, you know, I do a lot of lunches at Monroe Golf Club and others. And, you know, they have uh, you know the Elk Club or whatever you want to do and join, but you don't have the opportunities there to really get to know people like you do in a church. And I think it's amazing, and I think it's part of our training in this life on how to deal with conflict. You know, we're all going to get hurt, we're going to get bumped, we're going to get bruised. Uh, if you have been in church for decades and you haven't, you need to share with everybody what the secret is because I don't think that's possible because we're all people. Um, but I think, I think the church is awesome. The church, I mean, it's Ecclesia, the body of Christ. It's, you know, it's our training ground for living life and, and reigning in life. Uh, so embrace those things. You know, someone offends you, go to the person and deal with the problem. Don't just bring it to the pastor and let, have, let them have to deal with it. You know, deal with things. You know, don't let, don't let you know, hidden areas in your life block intimacy with God and with other people. Don't allow secret thoughts or hidden sin or shame to keep you hiding part of your life and part of your heart with other people. You know, it's, um, that is the fastest way to isolate yourself and to you know, negate the call of God on your life is to keep hidden sin or thoughts or shame or something in your life and that will be a burden to you over the long run. So I think, you know, we live life to the fullest when every area of our lives come under his lordship. Every area of our life under his lordship. Um, you know, I tell you, I'm 37. I've been saved for over 30 years. And this message is still as relevant to me today as it was like 15, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, allowing every area of our lives to come under his lordship. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. We live life. Who wants to live life to the fullest? And that really is a choice. We don't have to live life to the fullest. You can settle and you can sit back and say, well, this was done to me. I'm just going to sit here and make them suffer. But you suffer. You know, we, get, we need to move past things that happen to us. You know, get over hurts and deal with them quickly so that you can move on and don't get stuck. So deal with things. Um, I am a big fan of living life to the fullest. We're going to be talking about this more as we go into the fall. But I, sometimes I think in Christian circles, that, you know, you're afraid to even talk about that. Well, a good life, a vibrant life, aren't you supposed to suffer? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there is part of that. It is part of the life. But, I mean, Christ came to give life and to give life abundantly. And that's what we're after here, you know. I, I really believe that we are. Um, so I just wanted to share some of this this morning. As a church family, we are going in the direction of developing deep and authentic relationships with each other and with God, yeah. right? Amen? Are we going there or what? I mean, I feel it here. I, I mean, we also, we're going in the direction of developing, I believe, the strongest disciples on the planet, helping other people get free and seeing people launched into their destinies, uh, and I'm serious about that. You know, seriously seeing the strongest disciples, not, we're not a bunch of pew sitters who just come in and hear a message and want to leave. No, it's so you can come in here, you worship, you get changed, and then you do take it out of there. And then we got something we come back to. You can get refilled, you worship. We got deep and vibrant relationships here. And then you go out and you do your thing. It's not all going to happen here for everybody, you know. For a lot of people, it's going to be relationships you develop here. And you get trained and you get equipped and then you're going out there and actually doing the work. 
So I tell you, one of our biggest things on our joy in my heart is raising up strong leaders, having lots of strong leaders, a room full of the strongest disciples on the planet, seeing people get free. We need to get free so that we can get other people free, right? And there's so much that God is doing here. And the fall, I'm telling you, as we go into the fall, it's going to be like an explosion of new activities. And honestly, uh, like I've said it before, my heart is not for us to be busy doing things. We're not going to be hamsters running on a wheel trying to keep something moving. Uh, but good life and activity and authentic life is what we're after. Things that move things forward and move things forward in our own life. Uh, but the reality is, is that the enemy would love nothing more than to rob us of that and to pick us off individually. You know? And you know, it's a tragedy when someone falls or you know, you find out that someone was struggling with something. Well, the result was they weren't walking in the light. You weren't sharing those things with people. And then it got to a point, a really bad point, and you got, you got derailed. Now, it's not that the Lord can't restore, because he can. But we don't want to see that happen, um, because that robs us of our corporate call if people start getting picked off. So that's, that's part of, I honestly think, for this word, uh, it's, it's a message for us to get into our hearts that, Lord, every area of our life would be under your lordship, that we don't give any room for the enemy to have any room in our lives. Um, and it says that the devil's roaming, ro- ro- roaming about, I think, or is he roaring about, like a lion seeking who to devour. Either one is pretty negative. But, um, so it's good to be on guard and to be vigilant. You know, we, it tells us in the Bible to be vigilant, be on guard, be sober-minded, be aware of the enemy's tactics. And I have never been one who has been overly focused on what the devil does. I'm just not. I would make a terrible intercessor. I honestly feel, I, I'm sorry, I, I, just, I am just moving forward. I'm always in that posture. If something happens, I don't always natu- naturally think it was an attack. I just, I live life. I go after those things. I try not to empower a weak devil. It's just living life and going after it. But we do have to be wise and sometimes step back and say the enemy is not happy with what we're doing. And the enemy is not happy with what is happening here and the life that's happening. So let's be on guard and be vigilant. Watch over our own hearts and watch over our own lives. So that's that. That's the only message, the only word uh, time the devil's going to get in this message was just that one little clip. So that's it. Uh, but my heart in here, really honestly, is that nobody gets robbed of their calling and, and destiny. That nobody would get robbed. Uh, our heart is to see, really allow every area of our life come under his lordship, to see hidden areas exposed and brought to light. That's our heart. See, any hidden things in your life let somebody know, you know, get some help. Uh, have an open life and an open heart. You know, I'll tell you what, even for married couples, just make this really practical. Um, you know, we live in a day in life where you could live separate lives just on your telephones. Well, they're not telephones, they're cell phones. Uh, see, I'm, I'm dated. Um, but you, honestly, you could. And, you know, I don't know, we just have this thing now where it's like, you know what, she grabs my phone at the end of the day, looks through all my texts and emails and everything. And, you know, I can do the same with her. Uh, but it's like an openness even in that level of marriage. Don't allow, and I see, you know, some, some married couples already elbowing or laughing about it. Uh, that's great. Uh, but I, I really believe, you know, part of walking in the light gets very, very, very practical. 
you know, down to the level of activity in your life. Make sure there's nothing in your life that your spouse doesn't have access to. Or so, you know, we don't have hidden separate areas of our lives. You're one. You know, if you're single, you know, have people in your life that you can go to and you can talk with and that you can share very openly and very honestly with. Um, you know, we should all have those people in our lives. You know, I had someone this week, an out-of-state leader in the body of Christ, call me to say, how are you doing? And it wasn't like he was asking for me an, an update on our church. You know, he was just saying, how are you doing? And I just shared with him how I was doing, just very honestly, and some of the challenges that I've walked through. Um, but have those people in your life that you can talk to and just have a very honest, open relationship with. It doesn't have to be with everybody. I made the mistake years ago of sharing it with someone who was a very rigid individual. And he kind of cornered me and asked me all these questions. I shared with him what I was struggling with. And I knew I felt very judged. And I was actually hurt by that for a period of time. I felt taken advantage of. Um, so you even learn through those instances. You don't have to open up to everybody. You don't have to post your biggest, deepest secret on Facebook for the whole world to know. I mean, but have those people. Sometimes we get real crazy. I'm going to open up and let everybody know everything. And no, it's not what it's about. Have the people that you know, God highlights to you. And, you know, that you, I actually think there's like three things. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Have people in your life who are farther ahead of you who are mature in things of God, and who demonstrate a vibrant life in Christ. You know, I know great people that are old and been around a long time who know the Bible and don't demonstrate a vibrant life in Christ. So have people who are farther ahead of you, who are mature in things of God, and who demonstrate a vibrant life in Christ. Those are people you want pouring into your life and that there's a trust level established with. Um, so, so that's that. Um, and I'll say this too, this, you know, because I know our church loves Myers-Briggs and all types of personality tests and all these things. Sometimes internal processors have a harder time sharing deep things with other people. Um, let's do a fun little test on this. Who, is an in, who would say that they are an external processor? If you're going through something, you've got to talk about it and you've got to work that stuff out. All right, any external processors, raise your hand. Jan, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, Cheryl, my wife. Yeah, Stephanie, you're in. Yeah, okay, very good. We should take a fun poll and get some statistics down here. Um, if you're an internal processor, raise your hand. There's a lot of internal processors. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you're still thinking and you haven't raised your hand, you're probably an internal processor because <laughs> you're supposed to raise your hand for one of them. Uh, so it's funny. But, you know, my wife and I, we deal with things so different. We've been going, went through a challenge recently and, uh, she, you, know, she would, you know, you would have conversations with people and talk through it and then she'd say to me, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, what do you mean you're good? What does that mean? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm okay. I feel like I'm handling it well. I had people emailing me, how are you coping? I, I don't know. I'm coping fine. I'd let you know if there's a problem. You know, I mean, I'm an internal processor. But even for internal processors, we have to be deliberate in getting out of our own minds and sharing it with people. So if you're an internal processor, that's a wonderful thing. But this might not be as easy for you. And that's okay. That's part of how you're wired. 
Um, but all the more that, you know, don't just intuition in your own mind, right, to use the correct terminology. Um, you know, share it with somebody too. And get, you know, there is power in, share, in bringing things into the light. Uh, it just breaks the power of that dark area or that dark habit or that dark pattern. So, uh, so take that seriously. So uh, I just want to, Mary, can you come up and play? I'm just going to close this in a prayer. And that was just my heart, that just to kind of get some of this stuff out there that is really practical. It's maybe a message we've heard before. I've heard it many times. I've preached it. But I have not moved from it. So my heart would be for us that we don't move from this message ever, you know, in our lives. So just if you want to stand, I'm just going to pray over us. And just um, at the end here, if you want prayer, come on up and get prayer. Um, You know, we have healing teams here that will pray for you for healing. Or they will just heal you, right, Craig? Is that? Okay, I misspoke. We don't pray for healing. We heal the sick. Um, So come on up and get prayer. Um, So just kind of, you know, hold out your hands. Just going to pray the Lord just fills us. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for your spirit that's here. Thank you, God. Let's just take a second, just kind of sit and process that for all you eternal processors. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. thank you that you are light. Everything good starts from you. And Lord, you have want nothing more than for us to walk in light as part of our inheritance as children of light, that we would walk in that way. And uh, Lord, I pray for everybody here, for each one of us, God, that this message would be something we carry in our hearts and we treasure and we watch over our own hearts that we would be in the light in every area of our life. Lord, down to how we live our day, how we get up in the morning, how we go about our work day, how we do work that's pleasing to you, how we relate with our spouses or our friends, Lord, that every area is out there. Lord, that there'd be nothing hidden, nothing hidden, because it's not hidden from you. thank you for what you're developing here in a family and in deep relationships. God, we want to be those who live with open lives and open hearts to receive all that you have from each other and and even how you use other people to work in our lives. And we need to have hearts that are open to be able to receive from others. just in a gentle way show you 
and say, hey, you know, you can do better. Here's an area you might want to consider bringing into the light. Thank you, God. be the deepest hearted people, the most authentic uh, believers, God, in this area, that others would see that and be drawn to it and want that. But it's got to start with us in our hearts and our life. that wouldn't it be cool if we just sang that together Check out our exciting resources at New Hope.